Hello and welcome back to the DC United Kingdom podcast. It is season three. I know, I can't believe it. We're still here and this is the first episode of the new season. And as you'll see alongside me, I have got DC United midfielder Russell Klanaus. Welcome back to the show. I believe this is your fourth appearance in total now. I think so. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be on, man. And congrats for the third season. That's exciting. Thank- Thank you very much. Um, Before we really get into speaking with you, Russell, we've got to announce the giveaway to start off season three. Why not start off with a bang? So DC United have very kindly offered to give away one of these uh, jerseys. So if you want to be in with a shout to win this, not this one in particular, because this is mine, but there will be another one to give away. All you need to do is send in a screenshot of you either listening to the podcast or watching this particular show email that over to dcunitedukfans at gmail.com you should see the details in the description below um there will be bonus entries as well throughout the next week as the competition does close at friday but keep an eye out for that and there you go how's that for a start um russell it's been a while since you've been on how have you been Good. Uh, I don't know. When was the last time I was on? What time? I think early in the year, 2020? It was. I think the last one was just after the Toronto game. Um, or was it just after? Maybe that was the end of 2019. I don't know. but um, It was at the MLS's back tournament. I know that much. Okay, yeah. yeah. Then it was middle of summer there yeah. last year. Everything's good. Uh, it's been a long, long off season for me, obviously, as you can, as you know. Yeah. Um, but we're excited to to get going. I'm, I've been doing a lot of training on my own, just preparing for preseason whenever that date comes, which we finally got a couple of days ago, which is nice. But yeah. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, spending a lot of time with, with family over the holidays and, and just, yeah, itching to get back into it because it's been a while. Yeah, hasn't it? Just, I know I sent out a little tweet just with the uh, gif of it's been 84 years, but that's how yeah. it's going to feel when the new season actually eventually begins i think it's april 3rd from what i remember yeah that's the so, tentative dates yep they get out for sure yeah so i can't wait for that to begin it's been an exciting couple of weeks in terms of uh, dc united hasn't it we've got new head coach we've had the super draft we've got announcement of new training facilities but we'll obviously we'll go through that in a little bit but for you guys out there, if you're watching live, feel free to hit up in the chat. Angus, I know you're already there, so thank you for saying that it is hype. It's awesome. Um, so the end of, towards the end of last year, we had unfortunately Ben Olsen was relieved of his duties. Then we had Chad come in as an interim head coach, but recently we've had Hernan Lasada announced as our new head coach from um, Bear Scott is what I've seen as how it's pronounced. I don't want to say beat a shot, but it's best, Scott. Um, how has that been? Have you had many conversations with him so far? Um, how has yeah, this so, first couple of weeks been? Um, obviously, this is new for for me since my time in DC. I've only been coached by Ben um, and Chad, obviously, the last last month or two there. But um, uh, he he spoke to the team. We got introduced to him last week. Everyone had had the chance to introduce themselves as well on that on that call and. Um, I haven't had my individual meeting yet with him, but he's been going through and making sure he obviously with COVID, you know, we can only do zoom and he's still in Europe. So 
we're doing some individual meetings here over the next week or two, uh, just to get, get to know him and, and, you know, everything, his story, our story, just so we can have some type of relationship going into preseason. But, um, I didn't have my individual meeting yet with him, but I, you know, we had a good conversation. He spoke really well on, on the, um, on the meeting with, with the full team, which was, which was awesome. So, so how was he given any snippets of way of style of play? Or was that too soon to be going into right now? Uh, no, he didn't go into too much detail. It was more so just about his career, how he ended up into coaching, you know, those types of things, just, you know, the relational stuff that you need to know before even getting into the tactics. But I'm assuming he'll probably start doing that at some point here. So we have at least a jump start before, before preseason preseason starts. But I know from him, his side and the, and the coaching side of it, he has to obviously get a feel for for the players, watch a lot of games, have the conversations with us and then see what, what fits with, with the guys we have. But, um, I'm, I'm sure that's going to come. And I know he's a, he seems like a very tactical coach, which is going to be exciting to work with um, someone who has those types of philosophies. So yeah. we're definitely excited. I think uh, from, from a team standpoint. Yeah. And when I've, I've been looking at his career so far and the amount of goals that the, his team seems to score is just unbelievable. I think there was in this season, their team in their games they've had 92 goals for and against it's just i know yeah, they're wild uh, games. <laughs> yeah and it's i know we as traditionally we've not been sort of the highest goal scorers yeah that's got that's got to be something to be excited about hasn't it yeah i mean i think obviously not last year but going to, back to 2019 as a club like we we had a very good balance and you know we weren't forcing the most goals but we had a decent amount of goals for us and defensively we were very strong so if we're able to get back to that balance and have solid defensive efforts while still being able to play that aggressive style and um and scoring a lot of goals it, i think it's a good combination obviously definitely it's an exciting season for us let's put yeah. it that way um i want to touch on things like this soup draft so for everyone out there who is new to the club and new to Major League Soccer. The Super Draft consists of college players, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're, you're correct, go ahead. Correct so far. Um, yeah. Who will then go into a draft system that will go into, I think it's called the Combine? So they do the Combine before the draft. Yes. And combine, where... is, yeah, they, they get scouted through the Combine and then go, go into the draft to obviously hopefully get selected by uh, MLS teams. Yes, and we ended up picking up three players, and we had the first our first pick, which was the fourth pick overall in the Super Draft, was an Englishman by who goes by the name of Kamani Smith. Yes. I was loving that Clemson guy, right? I think he was uh, Clemson University. Yeah, um, originally from Nottingham, which is where Ben played. Yeah, the, the links are there, so. That was nice to see. Then we ended up picking up the fifth pick overall, in which we picked up Michael DeShields, who... Now, this is the confusing one for me, because he signed a deal with New England Revolution 2 last year in the USL. Yeah. How is that... How does that work, if if you're able to explain what goes on in that side of things? uh, I think, like, if he was drafted... um, 
by DC United, like we could hold, we could get his rights by doing that. Uh, don't, that's not, <laughs> I think that's 100% correct, but there was yep. a way, like if we ended up drafting him, then um, his rights obviously became DC United's. But I think he's actually a local, somewhat local guy. I think he's yes. a Maryland guy. So, yeah, I think uh, I've, when I looked him up, I think he's from Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore, Maryland. That's it. Yeah. So he, he's local to, you know, the club. I think he's probably pretty familiar with, with DC. Yes. So that's pretty cool. And then the last pick that we had, which was the 32nd pick overall, which was Logan Pancho. Oh, Pancho. I'm not sure how I'm pronouncing the last name, if I'm doing that correctly. I'm not um, even going to try. <laughs> you might have to try once if he starts playing with you. Or you could just call him Logan. I'll call him Logan. Yeah. Why not? Um, and that was our super draft. And that was, I love watching them. I think it's so entertaining because it's nothing like you get over here in the UK or even in yeah. Europe. It's, I mean, it's that's the old, the old US sports league it's kicking yeah. in here, like NFL. Cause obviously, the old, like it used to be go to college and then sign a professional contract. Now it's, you have some, going the route of college some signing early some going to europe so it's there's a whole bunch of different avenues now so yeah. but it's good for these guys i mean that they get a chance to come up i'm excited to meet them and, and mentor them and help them in any way possible um i went the opposite route i went to europe but um i think there's there's been enough guys in this league that have done really well that went to college so um yeah. all three of them are from big schools too in the u.s which is cool which is good Yes. And I think for what you were rightly saying, coming through the Super Draft, just names off, my, off the top of my head throughout the league. you got Frankie Amaya recently, who was uh, first pick in 2019. I think he went to Cincinnati. Yes. Um, Daryl DK, from, who plays for Orlando. Um, just a couple of names just off the top of my head there who've done really well coming through the Super Draft. Um, yeah. Back to DC, though. We've had... Um, and it's always been in the plan since we've had Audi Field, the new training facilities. They're coming through this summer from what I've seen. How excited are you to get to see that, but also have that as your main base going forward? I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be good for this club to have kind of a home base. I mean, we're, we're training at Audi Field right now. Um, at times we move between facilities. It's, you know, it's, it's a different experience you know day to day when you have a place you can go to and call home um and it's also separate from the stadium because the the game day experience becomes that much more special too which i think is important um because our you know this 29 uh, 2020 we were in the locker rooms at audi not to say it wasn't special going to the stadium it absolutely was but there's a diff different feeling than when you have a you know you're going there once a, once a week and you have games um but I'm super excited. I also moved out closer to this area, to to Leesburg, where the uh, training site is is going to be built. So I'm excited for that. Um, I'll probably have to commute here the first couple of months into DC, which uh, I'm not excited about. But at the same time, I I'm really excited that you know I'm going to be closer once once it is built. And yeah, because I'm a guy, I don't like to be sitting in the car too much going to and from training. So. That's no. that's exciting. I think it's an awesome step for the club. So, how far? Because the UK is a very small nation, island. What is the distance between 
the training facility and how would you feel in terms of if you're traveling by car how long would it actually take um if you're going audi it'd probably be like 50 minutes to an hour so okay. like 30 35 miles I, I don't know the exact distance off the top of my head but yeah it's it's anywhere from 45 to an hour probably distance wise flipping heck and that's just yeah. for training <laughs> yeah so that's it yeah if you're at audi field right yeah I for mean, me I... um i mean there's a lot of different pockets in northern virginia that guys can live i mean you can even live bethesda area but it's northern virginia you you can then be between between both the stadium and and the uh, training center yeah it'll also be good i didn't say this but it'll also be good to have the academy and the washington spirit bringing all the teams together i think it's also um like my experience in germany i always liked having the link to the first team and just being able to see those guys maybe you're not in the same part of the building but you're you're close enough that you can aspire to to be a professional athlete so i i like that um that that idea is going to be incorporated and just just going on that, I, I would imagine if you're a youngster coming through the ranks and you're seeing likes of yourself and all the fellow professionals, and you you can actually then just watch as well, and you can learn from that aspect. Whilst yeah, before absolutely. you wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, it definitely helps. I mean, for sure, yeah. you see, you just see what yeah what your goals are and and getting to that point. So it's also great seeing like the younger guys that came up through the academy being with the first team too so yeah it's all good example so season beginning april 3rd how excited are you to get back on the field and taking on fellow mls teams yeah like i said earlier i'm, I'm super excited super ready to get going it's been a while i mean this is probably the longest off season i've been a part of so um you know hopefully guys have done done a good job of maintaining their fitness, following the plan so we can all um, come in ready and be a team that, you know, changes and gets back to where we were at in the previous years. Yeah, um, yeah. definitely and that, excited. And then that preseason, how hard is that going to be for you? Because you've had this super long off season. Are you going to be sweating buckets on that first day when you get back into training? Definitely. I mean, I think, you know, for me, I've always – that's been a priority for mine just to hold a, have a good conditioning base going into preseason. So I can um, not, I wouldn't say have a head start, but definitely have a good foundation once it starts. So there's less risk of injury and stuff. Um, so I feel pretty fit currently, but it's not, it's different than when you're training on your own or in small groups, when you get into, you know, changing direction, trying to defend attack transition quick, it's, it's a completely different animal. So that's, it's going to take time, but, Obviously, we have six six weeks. Maybe we should technically have a little bit more, but we, you know, from the the collective bargaining agreement and what everything goes on with that, it's it's a six week preseason. So, but with this long off season, it's definitely going to be difficult. Yes, and then even then, from going off what happened last year, obviously with the pandemic and how training was affected. I know this is obviously still a little bit ahead in the future, but. Will do you know if the training is still going to be affected in terms of how many players you can be training with, um, and having contacts um, and things so. like that? I don't. I don't think it's going to be affected that much. I mean, we're going to still be in in testing protocols and have our like our bubble, 
probably throughout this year, but towards the end of last year, that, that kind of changed that went back to, you know, once a guy tests positive team takes off, you know, it does interrupt the, the training schedule a little bit, but our, our club and our team staff, everyone involved had a, you know, was very careful and we were able to do that with that said last year, obviously with the MLS's back, the short preparation time, and then the big break between the rest of the regular season and the tournament, like that, that did not help us because we had, you know, just an up and down flow throughout the year and obviously led to a lot of injuries, you know, because it's not a consistent training uh, protocol, but hopefully we can get a consistent string of games in where we can, you know, find our form because I think last year we did find our form late. Obviously it was sadly after the coaching change, but we also were able to finally get a little healthy and find our form with the string of games. So it's, that's important for, for any season. Yeah, definitely. And just to touch on obviously the back end of last season, it was, I think the form obviously, yes, it did coincide with the coaching change, but I think it also coincided the fact that we were playing regular games as well. So you were starting to find your feet, the chemistry was building and you were getting used to each other's play granted we had a few injuries but it was nice to see that we ended up scoring quite a few goals and we only lost out on the last game of the season which after the MLS's back tournament if you said to any DC United fan we had a chance of making the playoffs they would have I think they would have bitten your hand off on that one yeah absolutely I mean it was it was a a difficult season for sure from from all sides fans players um just the you know, where we ended up, like there was a, there was a little positivity and optimism towards the end there. And it was also, it was a great run we went on. Um, and it was sad. We couldn't actually pull it, pull it through with that last game. Um, but we got 21. Here we go. Yeah. It's a new season. It's a new, new start, new era for the club. Um, things can only look up and, the deals that have been happening, so COA, so Chris has signed a new deal, Felipe has re-signed, we've got the new coach. It just feels like there's a lot of positivity coming out from the club during this off-season, and that's what, what we'd like to see. And it's put me in a huge positive mindset going into 2021. So long this may continue, and I th- I'm, I'm ready for 2021. Let's put it that way. Let's forget about 2020. It was one of those years where I don't think we'll ever have another year like there it. There were so many, so many uh, factors that went into 2020. It's a difficult. Yeah. It was one of the most difficult seasons of my career. Not, not the on the field stuff. It was all the off the field stuff that yeah. we had to deal with. So, and I think, you know, even more so for a lot of the players that had families and they were, you know, I mean, I, I have family, but obviously kids they're dealing with. It, it was a difficult year. Um, so. Yeah. obviously this year we're still we're still adjusting to the new normal we still have a lot of the same things but i think you know with uh like i said with the normal preparation a normal schedule you can get into a rhythm and, and hopefully have a successful season and hopefully we can do that as a club as well yeah absolutely right so last season i introduced a little theme when i had players on at going through what's called getting to know DCU. 
So oh, even yeah. though you yeah. you were on for three times last season, we never actually got around to doing it with you. So we're going to start off with this. So for those who, again, like I said earlier on in the show, are new to the club, Russell Canals, you've been with us since 2017 now. I think it was yep. mid, midway through there. Yeah, yep. So you've been with us. This is your fourth Technically season? Technically my fifth season. Fifth season. Flip yeah, neck. three and a half years with the club, fifth season. Veteran. So. Veteran yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so so the first question... How, how the time flies, honestly. It's, it is mental, isn't it? Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Yep. So... The first question on this list to getting to know DCU is how long have you been a professional soccer player for? I've been a pro for probably seven years now. Seven so, that years. Would, so that would have been you would assign what, when you 18. were 18? Yeah. Yep. Cool. And then as you've already mentioned that you – Played in Europe to start off with. Who was that for? Uh, I played for a club called TSG Hoffenheim uh, in the Bundesliga. Uh, went there when I was 15 years old. And I spent about six and a half years at that club. That's a, that's a good amount it's of time. A long to, time, yeah. Yeah. You don't get that a lot these days where you spend a huge amount of time at clubs. It's You, you tend to see players going to and fro between different clubs quite often and sometimes between rivals as well, which is just yeah. Weird. I mean, that obviously, I was in the academy, so I, I went through their academy system 17, yeah. 19s, reserves, first team. So that obviously was part of the you know process and pathway to the first team. So, but it was a yeah. great club, awesome, uh, awesome people, small, very small village. <laughs> is you it? didn't know. Yeah, no, Hoffenheim, actually, Hoffenheim is a very tiny village. Um, and then the big city near it is Heidelberg. There's an hour. Hoffenheim's like an hour south of Frankfurt, hour north of Stuttgart. So there you but, go. Yeah, that's good. That, that That's nice little lessons right there. Learning every day. Um, Angus has just popped up on the chat just saying you, he believes you joined in the same window as Paul Ariola. Yep. Paul and I joined probably three or four days apart. August August 2017 we joined um and Paul actually signed on deadline day and I signed like two or three days before that so pretty so interesting was, yeah. yeah and I if I remember rightly where we had a sort of a slow start to that yo and then when you two signed it suddenly became good so yeah we didn't have that many was it just games. you was it you I'll say it's because of Paul <laughs> No, we only had we, only, we signed. I think we only had ten or eleven games left, but we did. We did start to get some results there, which was which was cool, and it was awesome for me personally. Growing up and going to DC United games, it was really cool playing at RFK and then having the transition then the following year into uh, into Audi. Yes, and to play alongside Wayne Rooney as well. Yeah, exactly. That that, that must have been something else, but. Yeah. He's not but he only... wasn't there in 2017. He didn't get to play in the, the legendary RFK stadium. No, he didn't see the bouncing seats no. and the bouncing stands. That would have been cool. Have him, RFK, <laughs> with... It would have been probably dangerous with the, the stands, but... Oh, I, I, I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been brilliant. Um, but what I was going to say was Wayne Rooney's not really the only big-name player you've actually managed to play with. I think there was someone else at Hoffenheim who now plays for Liverpool. 
And I remember this from the last conversation we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that conversation. Um, yes. Firmino. Firmino was at Hoffenheim when I was there. And uh, he was – he was. I think he signed at Hoffenheim when he was 18 with the first team. And I was still, like, in the academy. I was younger. But then, obviously, he went through the, the ranks, and then I was able to train with him multiple times with the, with the first team. So, yeah, definitely an unbelievable player. He's awesome. He is. I know he gets criticized quite a lot for not being the out-and-out -out striker, but... Yeah, he does so much on the field that it goes unnoticed, though. So. Yeah. You, you can tell there's a difference between when he's yeah. not playing and when he's playing. That's better that yeah. way. Um, so next question, which was going to be, how long have you been at DC United for? But we've already answered that. So we're going to move on to, obviously, you've been here since 2017. What makes DC United so special? I mean, I think for me, it's a little bit more personal just because I grew up watching the club and, and coming down to games. Um, I think that's that's what, for me, makes it a more personal experience. But I think just if you look at the club in general, you can always go back on the tradition of the club. Um, and, you know, obviously the four MLS Cups and everything that went into that, the former players. Yep, you see the yep. stars in the jersey. Yep. Uh, but that's... I think that's what sets this club definitely apart and it's in it in the nation's capital, which is really cool. Like you, yeah. if, yeah, I mean, I think if you're around the world and you think, Oh, well, I'm part of a club that is in the capital of the United States. I think it's, that's definitely a special occasion and the living around here. It's been awesome to be able to get to experience that good and bad, you know, it's like, obviously, there's a lot going on from a political yes. side, but it's really it's really cool to be in in the nation's capital. Yeah, we won't touch the political side. I'm not going down that no. road. Let's put it that Definitely. way. No. <laughs> um, so let's move on um, to the next question, which is your squad number, number four. Um, is that a number that you've picked? And if so, why have you picked that number? Uh, number four was my first professional number. When I... Um, er, it was really my second professional number because when I had my debut with Hoffenheim, I had 36. Um, but number four, when I went on loan at Bochum, that was one of the only numbers available, that number and some higher numbers. And I, I decided to go with it. Um, and then it was available when I signed with DC. So I decided to stick with it. Um, I've been thinking about changing my number, but oh. I will not, I will not uh, release anything yet. Oh, Oh, so when those numbers get released, we might not see you at number four anymore. Maybe not. Oh, oh, that's interesting. We'll leave it at that. I, so I've seen on on social media on DC's uh, Twitter when they announced Felipe had resigned, they changed his number to number eight now. Yeah, so that that's his number. I remember him saying that. So, oh, I wonder if there's going to be any other changes. Will Bill be go go to number one? No, I don't think so. No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we can <laughs> stick with where he is. He yeah. always seems to be in the number. Is it 24? Yeah, I think so. 24. Yeah, 24. So, the next next lot. Obviously, we've obviously spoken about you playing alongside Wayne Rooney and Bobby Firmino. But if you could play alongside anyone else, past or present, who would it be and why? Ooh, that's a good one. Um. I mean, I, I think the obvious choice for me is probably Cristiano. I think that would be pretty cool. Just yeah. from, like, what he's achieved and 
and him obviously all the stories is him as a professional i think that's pretty cool i think someone in my position who i'd probably want to learn from and because i'm a manchester united fan it would probably be paul Scholes. i think i remember you mentioned we talked yeah. about paul Scholes, haven't we yeah i think that would be someone who would i the, probably the second choice yeah that's yeah. He, he was a crack like those choices I do like those choices. I mean, they're they're very Man United related. Yeah. But you've got to give credit, obviously, Cristiano. He's he's one of those players, you either love him or you hate him. Yeah. But you can't argue with his stats. Let's put it that way. And some of the goals he scores are just out of this world. I mean, the, the free kicks that he takes, the overhead kicks, the fact that he's great in the air as well. Yeah, I mean, just him as a professional athlete, like the amount of work he puts in yeah. to maintain that level too. it's not just like he had two three good years it's he's he's been at the top forever uh it's yeah incredible. same I'm with the, Messi. i mean you have the messy argument too but yeah i mean i personally am just as a fan uh with manchester united as well i think ronaldo would probably be the guy i'd like to uh yeah i think the one positive that you could have up with Ronaldo over Messi is the fact that Ronaldo's done it in different countries as well. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get into arguments like that, he's better. <laughs> That's definitely the, the pro Ronaldo argument. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I don't know who, yeah. if you can prefer one or the other, it doesn't, I think the case is there. Everyone's allowed both. their own opinion, aren't they? Yep. For sure. Indeed. Right. So this next question is all around six aside. So, if you could pick anyone in the world to be in your six aside team, who would you have in? So, we're well, looking I at. I need a goalie, right? So, you need a goalie. We'll, okay. Generally speaking, we've had two defenders, one midfielder, and two attackers. Or you can go with your own combination, but that's generally been the running theme with it. Manuel Neuer in his yeah. prime. You said two defenders? Two defenders, yeah. Two defenders, one midfielder, two forwards. Spot on. Um, man, you really put me on the spot here. <laughs> kind of like think here. Uh, give me Ronaldo and Messi up top. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, would you in midfield? Would you have a holding midfielder, or would you have someone like a box of box midfielder? I think like if you're just playing one midfielder, you need a holding midfielder. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he trying to think who I'd want to put in the holding midfielder role. Um, maybe a guy like Casemiro or something. That could work. Different one. That could work. Yeah. Why not? Let's just go with him. Let's let's, let's go with him. Yeah, and then yeah, you you defenders. Who who are they gonna be? Are they going to be the the classic Van Dyke and Ramos, or is it going to be someone a little bit more controversial? I think I want Ramos on my team just because he's a winner. Um, what do you mean more commercial? Who are you thinking? Oh, oh I'm oh commercial wise. Who generally sells? I mean, Van Dyke sells a lot of shirts. Yeah. Um, but he's a bit injured at the moment. Yeah. Um, but then saying that you could use it from his prime prime. I'd probably want to go with uh, with Kimish. Oh, okay. and I know he's a midfielder, 
but I'm saying this because it'll give you some tactical ability to like yeah. move into midfield defender and pair him with Ramos. And then you can have Casemiro come in between them, whatever. I like that. So that's my, my that's my team right there. <laughs> there we go. Oh, look, that's not bad. That's, that's a, a nice little change from the stand the standard. It's, it's not that's true. Like, so far, team. there's a little untraditional uh, picks there. Yeah, so. I mean you've had the traditional Messi and Ronaldo, yeah, the top but two. we'll you gotta include them. Yeah, you you have to. I, I was uh, half expecting maybe it's like an Mbappe or a Neymar in there, but no, you. You, you've managed Mbappe, to avoid it. You know, give Ronaldo two more years, I'd probably throw Mbappe in there, you know? It's... Yeah. But then saying that, Ronaldo would probably still be able to do it. Probably. Yeah. I don't know when he's going to retire. It doesn't feel like he'll ever will. Um, so moving on from that, um, what made you go down the career path of being a pro soccer player? I think gradually you just transition into it. Um, I mean, I always, so in seventh grade, I had to make a choice. I was a basketball player growing up. Um, okay. yeah, I was, I was pretty good. I was never very good at shooting, but I was a good dribbler, defender, passing, um, kind of similar to the way I play soccer, to be honest. But, um, anyway, I, <laughs> I got into the U14 national team oh, and wow. I was starting to miss practices when I was younger. So uh, the coach was like, well, you, you know, you're not going to be able to play that much if you're missing practice. I was like, all right, well then I'll just go with soccer. So long story short, ended up going <laughs> soccer. I mean, once you get year after year, like you just around that time, I, I set made it my goal to become a professional athlete, professional soccer player specifically. And I think you just, for me, it was just getting into that mindset year after year, just, doing work and enjoying it. Like I love to be able to train. I loved going on runs, working on my technical ability, like doing all these different things that kind of just followed the the pattern that you needed to do to be able to become a pro, pro professional athlete. And a lot of guys I played with kind of, you know, fall fell off at some point, you know, maybe they weren't training as much, who knows what they were doing outside the outside soccer, but I was always just really focused on it and um, yeah, it just kind of became my life and something I wanted to pursue. So, and when I want to pursue something, I obviously, I, I do it with full commitment. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty um, it's been a long, long thing. And even to this day, like I don't take any time I step on the field for granted. So um, it's a, I guess that long, that's a long answer to your question, but I like it. I like it. <laughs> Um, so outside of soccer though, yeah. what hobbies do you have? I know you've got a little, little pooch, uh, which you kindly yeah. uh, introduced me to before the show. She, moved, she, was, she was sitting up here with me, but she moved. <laughs> oh. I don't know where she went, um, but yeah, but, I mean, yeah. What do you I do love, outside? Outside. Yeah. I mean, I love spending time with my wife, Erica. We have a French bulldog, Lola. Um, I'm actually pretty close to where I grew up two hour drive. So Every once in a while when we have free weekends or like the holidays, for example, I was able to to go home, spend time with them, um, which is, you know, mainly my hobbies, right, are, are, are spending time with family and, and teammates as well. So yeah. um, I think obviously, you know, like I like doing business stuff, you know, outside the game yeah. um, that interests me. I'd say that's almost a hobby, too, just because I like to use my time, you know, when I'm not playing, when I'm recovering do, to do some of those things. But 
um, you know, just watching, watching TV, reading books. I'm trying to take up golf maybe. Yes. Yes. I'm not no, trying to do it too much during the season, but I'd like to like learn a little bit, you know, yeah. casually go every once in a while. So. Yeah. Cause you've got some pretty good teammates in terms of the golfing side. So I know, uh, yeah. Julian's pretty decent. Gressel is almost a pro at golf and then Steve's pretty good sights can hang. So there's a, there's quite a few guys for sure. Paul, yeah. Paul actually is, is decent golfer. He doesn't okay. tell him he's a decent golfer. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, whenever, if I ever manage to get him on, we'll have to ask him about that. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's have a little look. So one thing I did want to ask, cause I know following you on Instagram, you, you've been known to show a few clips of you cooking. <laughs> yeah what is I do, your I do. go ahead i was gonna say what is your go-to meal that you know if you're gonna cook it you're gonna nail it every time i mean the one i make most often the one i like to eat before pre-game which you're getting a little secret here no it's oh, not okay. secret, but uh is is uh teriyaki salmon with uh rice and brussels sprouts i love that Ooh. um so i could easily nail that one it's actually sesame teriyaki salmon i could nail that one no problem but i i like cooking a lot as you said i mean you know my wife my wife works really hard um comes home i get home early you know with with our hours um as an athlete but i always have like cooking and always have it ready for her when she comes home so um that's just one example i you know i like a lot of things i actually like going to aldi because i can get some of the german ingredients too so yes. that, pretty exciting but um yeah that would probably be my go-to meal and aldi quite a big supermarket chain over here so I yeah you from on that one yeah they do some really good stuff in there i don't know obviously how different it is out there but yeah i they're... think it's a little different you know each country you go in but yeah good value as well definitely really good value. i love that so we're staying keeping away from the soccer things at the moment so our next question to you is if you were stranded on a desert island and you only had one album to listen to whilst you were there what album would that be oh. <laughs> uh, i'd probably go with uh i'm trying to think of the album name I'll get, can I give you an artist? You can, yeah. Let's go with that. I'd probably, and if I was like stranded on one island, what artist would I want to listen to his music? I'd probably go with uh, John Mayer, which is okay. A, a, diff, nice. a different one, yeah. Nice. That's uh, why I, my my mom used to listen to that uh, growing up. You know, I've I've listened to his. He's got different types of music and stuff. So yeah. I know I've got a couple of friends who've been to see him live a few times. So, yeah, I need it. That's one of my my things. I'd like to go see him see him live for sure. Yeah, cool. I I can't wait to go back to gigs again. That's yeah. something that we've definitely missed over the last twelve months. It's gigs, live sports, and just being out and about with with friends and family. It's yeah. I can't wait to get back to that. Um. So. Last question in this little section that we've got, because there's two more sections after this. Um, what is one thing that fans wouldn't know about you? 
wouldn't know about me wouldn't know about you yeah so what's one one little secret that you're allowed to give um <laughs> i don't know if they would know but i'm i'm fluent in german fully fluent yeah because i know claudia mentioned about um you and julian speaking on the field in german yeah, and in the game against I don't think Atlanta. I've never been like out that the fans know that, but I'm fluent in German, so there we go. Cool, I guess I th- I think a little task for for the fans, for the Barra Brava and Screaming Eagles and all them, is to come up with a German chant for you. Then I would love that. <laughs> Let's see I may if we can get that going. To pronounce though, but. Oh, that would we, be really we need cool. to get that happening. A German chant for you, Russ. That would be... Uh, you, you've got to lead it then. I, I will try my best. I will, I, I, I will, I will make some contacts and uh, see what we can do. Cool, cool. So, we've got some quick-fire questions now. So, around these, they are this or that. So, you get to, two options and you've got to choose one of them. And the first one, we've already spoken about these two, but... And I think I know what your answer is going to be. Actually, I don't think I know what your answer is going to be. Ronaldo or Messi? Yeah, you, yeah. What's yeah. my answer? It's Ronaldo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, next question, quick fire is: Would you rather beat the Red Bulls or win MLS Cup? Win MLS Cup, definitely. No, yeah. because we're going to beat the Red Bulls then on the way to MLS Cup. So, yes, <laughs> oh, that's the answer we were looking for. Um, Typically, would you call it soccer or would you call it football? Soccer, just because I'm American. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then would you typically call it a shutout or a clean sheet? I'm more along the clean sheet line there, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. And to be fair, everyone I've asked has said clean sheet. I don't think anyone okay. said shutout. So. Yeah, I feel like that's more of a goalkeeper term. I don't know. Like I had a shutout, you know. Like yeah, it's a it's a strange one. Uh, I've only ever come across it when I've been watching DC United and any other MLS team. But shutout is just it just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, at all. Um, the the last question in the uh, quick fire round is: Do you prefer Dave Johnson or Devin McTavish? Oh, I don't know <laughs> if I can answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make either of them mad, so I'm going to defer. Fair. Now, imagine how Claudia <laughs> felt when I asked them. her that question. Now that she has to work with them every day. No, she did yeah, not like that one. that's bad. Definitely not. So, we come up to my favorite round, which is the teammates round. Yeah. So, we get to know your teammates a little bit more without them being here. So, to you, who has got the worst taste in music? Oh man. <laughs> There's only so many guys that go on the you know, play the play the music, you know. Yeah. I, I won't say any of the Spanish guys because I like the Spanish music. Fair. I actually get a lot of hate that I that I play the Spanish music all the time. But oh, right. yeah. Um Rude. I'll probably say Sorga, and I know he's gotten a lot of crap on this uh, <laughs> podcast. 
<laughs> but he probably listens to some Estonian like music that is definitely not great for my ears. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh bless him! Right, I feel Eric. like he's going to get even more crap very over this yeah. year as well. Bless him. Um, well, that's so- not a style question either. Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I can't wait for that one. Um, yeah. So who's who's the biggest jug? Who's the funniest guy in the dressing room? Mm. I mean, I think I probably say for me, and maybe not everyone disagrees, but this is obviously my opinion. So I'm gonna say Burnbaum. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a different sense of humor, but. I get along quite well with his humor. Is it like a dry or a sarcastic kind of humor, or is yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Nice. I, I I could get along with that. Yeah. And my favorite question, and I hope you're going to say the the answer that everyone else has said. Who's got the worst I fashion mean, sense? Yeah, I know Sorga. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Sorga. I mean. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't help himself. It's. I'm just gonna say his name, nothing else, and uh, and a quick apology. <laughs> I should have given you someone else. I mean, who else? Yeah, who else? Griffin yeah, it's questionable sometimes. I hope he's listening to this. I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, some of the things I've seen over the over on again on social media with his dress sense. It's some it of his, his his shoe wear is, is questionable, in my opinion. So mm, yeah. that's a big part. Indeed. Um, and we're going to go end on the last question in this round, which is what's been kind of the most embarrassing thing to have happened in the locker room? Embarrassing things. Um, oh, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. <laughs> And I, I like these tough ones. They're yeah. Good. I mean, even it's hard. Cause like, I just have 29, uh, 2020 in my head right now, <laughs> you know, and, and 2020, yeah. like us spread out in locker rooms. It was like, we were separated obviously because of the social distancing. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that must've been a bit of, bit of a weird transition and weird adjustment to get used to. Yeah, Definitely. It was. It wasn't. Wasn't the best, but Good I don't know. You do. I'm gonna pass on that one. I'm sorry. That's no fine. No offense I'll, taken. I'll, it's fine. I'll let you know uh, when I come up with that. Fair. And I, I will. I will uh, announce that over on Twitter. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of fan questions coming. Um, in the build up to this and during the chat as well. Um, one question that came in was from Dan Wise, which was, what's your personal focus for the season and where do you think you need to improve? Um, personal focus for the season. I mean, I think team-wise, we obviously, you know, we want to get back into a winning position, um, get into the playoffs and, and have just a more successful season. Obviously, it's easy to say MLS Cup. But I think, you know, the first the first step is they're getting into the playoffs and then taking it from there. Um, from uh, personal improvement, I mean, you know, it was 2020 was a little difficult just from me bouncing around 
different positions, trying to fill in with injuries and so forth. So, um, you know, if I'm playing in the holding mid role, I'd like to probably, um, you know, work on, on the attacking piece just a tad more, but that's probably, yeah. Fair. But you, you managed to score last season. Yeah. But I want to, I want to be, it depends what role I'm in, honestly. I mean, there's, there's different improvements in each role. So it's, it's kind of difficult to answer. Like if I'm playing an outside back, I'm going to say something different, you know? So fair point, fair point. And I know you earlier on, you said on the show that you've not had your one-to-one conversation with uh, Lasada just yet, but when you do have that conversation, are you going to be able to put across that you want to continue just in the holding midfield role or are you going to be continuing where I know in the past you've said that you are do what's right for the team? Yeah. I mean, at some point, right. Like that's, that's what it was last year. Do what's right for the team, but it's also, you know, where I prefer to. And and if the coach is supporting me in that role, then um, definitely, definitely will want to bring that up, but I'm sure that's going to come up on, on the conversation. He's probably watched and scouted a lot of games. Um, So yeah, definitely. I'm I'm still going to say I prefer the holding midfielder because that's what I've grown up playing uh, the whole academy system over in Germany with the youth national teams as well. So, you know, that's the position I've known my my whole career, really. But, you know, I'm always like you said, I'm always open to to finding a way to get on the field and help the team, whichever whichever way that is. But I definitely prefer being in the middle and and leading the team from from the center of the field. Cool. And we've got one last question. Yeah. Which is before we come to a nice little end. Um, what is the typical training day like? I know it's been a while since you've probably had one, but what normally happens on on a training day? Um, so a COVID training day or a normal one? <laughs> probably a COVID one, right? Yeah, that's a COVID, COVID one. That, we, that, that's more. Um, that's more relevant right now. Uh, yeah. so so we get in probably um seven thirty to nine. Uh, normally during. During this season, we have like selected times that we have to like three or four guys come in and test at this time, 10 minutes later this time. So we come in, we test, um, get down the locker room. Obviously, any treatments I need, um, I I go down directly in the locker room. I get there a little bit earlier usually so I can eat breakfast at the facility. Okay. And then um, we probably have about an hour and a half till we start training. so normally you go in, get treatments, hot tub, warm up the muscles, stretch, foam roll. Um, some guys like to get into a lift before practice. I'm usually not that. I don't prefer that. Um, and then we have our meetings normally around 10 o'clock, uh, depending on how long they go with scouting for the opponent, reviewing tactical stuff from our, our side, training. And then we go out and train hour and a half, two hours, um, come back in. Then that's, you know, you look at, doing your lift or, or more recovery, um, showering, eating lunch, and then you're kind of out of the facility around one to two. Some guys rush out, some guys stay longer. So it all depends. Fair dues. That's yep. That's a good insight to what a training day is like. Um, so obviously that's COVID. Once we're out of this pandemic, what would be a training day like? Obviously you'd then all, I'd imagine, I think all arrive together. Similar. Yeah, I mean, there's just a, the only thing that probably changes with a normal train day is there, there's a range that you can arrive in. Now it's a little bit more time-wise, so 
obviously the protocols stay in place. Um, yeah. You know, if you figure out if you get a te- positive test and you find out, um, then you don't show up that day. You just show up later and then test while everyone's already down in the locker room. So, but the yeah. normal, it's you just arrange like seven to nine treatments, seven to eight treatments, uh, report time by nine, you know, those types of things. Yeah. You'll see how, how it changes with Hernan, but most clubs I've been at, that's pretty, pretty similar. I mean, the, the schedule changes a little bit, sometimes double day, sometimes not, but it all depends how the coach wants it done. Absolutely. Well, there we go. We've come to a nice little end there. Thank yep. you, Russell, for coming on and joining me on the first episode of this new season. Um, no it's problem. been an absolute pleasure to have you on and actually get to do the uh, getting to do no DCU questions with yeah. you. Yeah, there we go. Um, and just to end, obviously, don't forget the giveaway. Um, send in that screenshot or a photo of you. I know that's what some people did on the last giveaway. Of you listening to the show, um, whether it's this episode or a previous episode, send it in to DCUnitedUKFans at gmail.com and keep an eye out on social media for those bonus entry opportunities. Draw will be made probably next weekend. I don't want to give a firm date, but the uh, the polls close at 1pm GMT next Friday, which is the 5th of Feb. So, that is it. It's been a while since I've had to end it. I don't want to end it because I've thoroughly enjoyed this episode, but until well, next yeah, time. Oh. I'll see you. I'll see you uh, in 2021 sometime here. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's... On your third season, man. That's thank awesome. you very much. Definitely um, appreciate it as a player too. The support. Oh, so. well, thank you. That, that, that genuinely does mean a lot. Yeah. To hear that. That's that. Thank you. I appreciate that. So let's end it until next time. Hang on. I need to click a button before we can do this. I've got uh, a slight little, got a little uh, ending theme song for you guys out there. Until next time, Vamos United.